Welcome to the Yellow Pill Podcast. My name is Wale. And my name is Toby. Each week, we take on familiar dilemmas and wicked problems that we all face. On the Yellow Pill, you can expect intimate conversations and provocative questions that can change the way you experience the world. So, shall we begin? Hello, 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 hello. Testing one, two, three. Hi, folks. Um, it's your boy or your boys, your men, your people back again. Uh, Once you start with it's your anything, it's going down the drain. <laughs> it is what it is. But hi, guys. Welcome to a new episode of the Yellow Peel Podcast. We are on the final two weeks of this season. Um, and so, obviously, today we're going to be speaking about a main topic so this automatic air freshener thing is probably going to puff <laughs> that's multiple points in this episode but hopefully it doesn't get in um, no, don't pass out i know because it's directly over my head so i actually should just turn it away let's 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 be guided um you know the first time i saw this thing was actually in your apartment in your house in akowo i think that was the first time i it was yeah and it was always oh, yeah. very scary. Like, yeah, watching TV and, yeah. Yeah, and all of a sudden we just go puff and you're like, what is going on? Like, it can be a jump scare moment. Anyways, okay. So I was saying we have like two episodes left this season. So one obviously is going to be this main topic and then we'll follow it up with a movie. Um, but yeah, so today we're going to be talking about, and should we give a disclaimer of, you know, I guess the time and duration it took to find this topic? Maybe not. But you guys probably figure it out. <laughs> like i ran into my sister on the stairs and she's like wait have you prepared i'm like yeah <laughs> uh she's getting scenes of behind the scenes yeah exactly um but so today we're talking about self-awareness um and the direction we i think i want us to try to take with this is less about you know your personal development sort of like road to success kind of self-awareness but um, a bit of maybe a backstory, but for me, when I think about self awareness, usually pops up in conversations with like people. When I'm talking to people, usually people that I'm trying to be friends with or trying to get to know better. A lot of times, the questions that I tend to ask are questions that usually have to involve a bit of self awareness, like self reflecting, to be fair. Um, and a lot of times, initially, I used to. When people ask me to describe myself, I would always use like self-aware as like one of the words and all of that. Um, and for me, it just meant, and we can start from here before I read some of the things that, that I have in front of me here. But for me, self-awareness just means like for everything that's happening to you and for whatever is going on in your life, you're sort of thinking about it and not necessarily trying to find answers, but you're assessing things that happen. So for example, if you know, you're feeling a bit stressed you know, at work or you're feeling some kind of positive or negative emotion, usually the negative emotions, instead of like dwelling on that emotion, usually a self-aware person is almost like asking questions and trying to figure out, okay, why am I feeling this way? And things like that. Um, so the popular of asking why is kind of like the main thing about self-awareness. But in preparation for this, you know, episode, ran into a few things and I'm going to read a paragraph or two paragraphs from something that I saw. Um, and then I will ask you sort of like what your own, I guess, feeling about this is. But actually, let, let me do that first. So for you, like self-awareness, when you hear that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. You always make us do definitions. So you do definitions. For, for context, I've just jumped on this episode, guys, because we didn't get much plan to <laughs> plan this. Toby's away. I've been away. And boom, here we are together. 
Yeah. Um, let me always like to start definitions from perhaps What's... existing stuff, particularly because I think sometimes my definition doesn't matter if there's already one that is perhaps accurate. So mm. why talk about mine when it's an accurate one? Mm. But unfortunately for you, I've already read some of the things just now on my phone when you're okay. talking. Hence why I was looking down. And so I won't give a definition of I won't give a definition that's from my head. <laughs> Once it. again, I'm going back to what I remember I just read five minutes ago. Yeah. So you asked me what is what I think self-awareness is. Yeah, like just where you hear the word, like what what does it conjure in your mind? I think across life is meant many is meant different things to me across different parts of life. At one point it just meant nothing. <laughs> it's just at one point it just meant everything that everyone says as a way to Sound smart or move forward. It's been on every bullet point for any topic that involves development. You know, several is either number one, number two, number three on the on the, on the person's PowerPoint. <laughs> so at that point just began to mean like what is this? Yeah, yeah. And at some points in life, maybe when people begin to tell you that oh you what you just said was quite self-aware. Mm-hmm. And then you begin to like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> maybe there's a point here ah, okay this person said it. and people and the people i'm talking about people like you probably even respect yeah not just mm. any random rando mm. out there mm. Mm. so you then begin to think oh, okay maybe this thing actually means something maybe i am thinking about my own thoughts and i'm aware that my actions that come from my thoughts sorry i'm aware that the thoughts that generate my actions yeah are things that I should scrutinize or think about or understand or evaluate mm. either before the action, during the action or after the action. Mm. Mm. So one is self-aware. But self-awareness too can be like too much sometimes because so this is my third part of, of phase of self-awareness. The first phase I've said was it's meant nothing because I saw it everywhere. Yeah. Second phase is where people have told me certain instances and then began to I began to cut, uh, attach it to those moments where I've been told and perhaps the third phase phase is maybe at the point where you just know too much of self-awareness as a concept that you just do too much of it without a need mm. for mm. it mm. and then you just maybe just lose sight of everything so at, at that point it becomes let me think about it when you get self-aware you know the concept exists you know when you're practicing it but then because you know you're practicing it you know how to practice it mm. you take it into domains that probably don't need it mm. and because if you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're being self-aware you're probably, probably trying to take an action or evaluate an action but the point is you're, you're spending time whether it's seconds whether it's minutes whether it's hours yeah to reflect and it often makes you reflect on things that you don't reflect on. Maybe like you go for a meeting and then maybe maybe something was said that maybe nobody caught. But you're just always thinking like, oh, okay, I felt that way when, when that thing was said. Mm. So you can, it comes against your own head. So I guess my point is the third part of self-awareness perhaps has a danger zone. But yeah. I can't pretty much articulate how yet. But I think yeah. there's a danger zone in having too much self-awareness. Yeah. Too much yeah. watching so yourself. Yeah, so, so I was going to jump in here, and it's good that you say watching yourself because we'll kind of like address that concept right now. But I feel as you were talking about this third part of like overdoing it, it reminds me of 
of something that happens with um, language learning models or like ChatGPT. I think they call it hallucination, where you know it just starts to talk around. I don't know if it's the same thing, but that's just what it felt to me like. Like you can start to hallucinate with this self awareness thing, where again you are dipping things too much, and it's like you now start to. And we'll get to this at some point, but it's like you start to attach meaning to things that are just what they are. But then because you're trying to find some kind of meaning in it, you just, we, our mind sort of like imposes some kind of meaning on it. And then it just becomes this thing that is more. But self-awareness, they say it's important so that you can perhaps regulate your emotions, know what you're thinking, know how to move forward. What else do they say about self-awareness? What is important? Yeah. So it's mostly about understanding your emotions, strengths, weaknesses, values, all those things. I rather, I rather think about maybe my own experience self-awareness because I think it's one concept that theoretically is understood, mm-hmm. but you can't really measure it for each person, mm. whether on a day-to-day basis or for life. Because if you, if you do a simple survey yeah. or a simple interview, any kind of basic research method, you rely on people to tell you self-report yeah exactly and obviously the study might different differ right so it could be some kind of study on social behavior versus behavioral um actions it could be study on experimentation where people are blind to what's going on it could differs but Mm. the point is you're relying on what people do or say Mm. or how they act now why is it hard to measure measure self-awareness in that situation is just that if I'm going to say something to anybody, yeah, I can't really know the depth of what is true, yeah, and what you say. Except I, okay, no, let me just put that train of thought because I'm going to a different research direction. Or why does one? Like, let's start with this question. Maybe this is how we should go with yes. this. And of course, and everyone in this call is jet lagged, so clearly it's getting <laughs> obvious. But why does one need to be self-aware? Mm. That's probably the question to, to ask. And the answers, we've kind of made them clear by seeing the benefits. Yeah. And then my next question would then be, in what areas of life is self-awareness most important? So maybe we can start by categorizing. So categorizing internal and external, right? So self-awareness, internal self-awareness, external self-awareness, Okay. right? Um, from what I've just seen, actually. Oops, this is good enough. Okay, from what, from what I've just seen, actually, there is the it's an idea that self awareness can be internal and external. Mm-hmm. But the internal part, we're talking about how we see our own values, thoughts, emotions. You know. Which is why I give the example of when you're at work or you're in a meeting, mm-hmm. you know, and you have like, and maybe like something you say is like a bit off. And then when you, when the meeting's over, you're like, why did I say that to that person that way? You know, why, why did I use that word to him in the meeting? And you're, and you're thinking about it. Right. Um, self-awareness in this case, according to what I read is instead of asking why you would be like, what made me say that to that person? Yeah. Because 
the idea there is you can't always explain, you can't always rationalize logically the why you said something. But but, but maybe maybe you can explain the what's and made what you the, say it. And what the what's produced. Yes, yeah, so maybe the what's could be the cause, the origin of the thoughts, of the words, of the feeling that led to the words. Mm. And then that way, if you're thinking about that, that's a way of thinking about your thinking, right? Thinking, being self-aware, right? And I don't know if I do that often. I think I, think I try to think about what makes me say things, think things. But the problem I have with the most part is I always debate myself. Like when I've thought about that, I then have like another version of self. So like I have two <laughs> selves and both selves are trying to be aware. And both selves are always in debate. And then when one self says, what made you say those things? You're like, yeah, maybe because I was feeling this way. And, and the other self who is the other, who's the better lawyer would then say, well, actually, what if you're wrong? Because this way you're feeling is just no, no way I actually think it is, but it's something else. Mm. And then the and then the debate between both selves doesn't get con- doesn't get to a conclusion. Yeah. So this is where I speak about maybe overthinking and over overly being self-aware. Because mm. self-awareness is oftentimes the product of your self-awareness is just for you. Yeah. The report goes to you and your mind to improve. Mm-hmm. It's not as if you can benchmark reports of what you did with your self-awareness with somebody else and then they can say, okay, yeah, I think you're right. Mm. Maybe they can in some, some ways, hence why there's therapy, but many, many times it's not that easy. And then for the external self-awareness bit, is the idea of how we are seen by other people. Yeah. But I don't know that, how that will work. I think maybe it's the idea that if you're thinking of, if you're externally self-aware, yeah. you're aware to the way your actions, words are perceived yeah, by ex- others. Yeah, it's just pretty much understanding like how others experience you in that sense, which, funny enough, it's something I think about quite a bit, not in terms of, I would say maybe understanding, but is that validating that what I'm projecting I'm using all these rocket boy words, um, but just, <laughs> but you know, validating that you know, because I, I feel like a lot of times when we enter interactions with people, we want them to come away with something, right? And so I feel like self awareness externally at this point is okay. I went into this conversation wanting this person to come away with X Y Z. When they finally come away with whatever they come away with, does their A B C match the X Y Z that I wanted? Because that's when you can have a full understanding. Because I feel like if, if the expectations you had going into that conversation of what they would come away with, like you want them to come away with you thinking as you're a nice person, if they come up with a different conclusion, you can't exactly say you understand why they did. You understand? So that's why for me, that external bit is more like, I wouldn't use the word understanding. I'll use maybe validating that what you're putting out is what's getting received. Do you get? Mm. Thinking about that for a second. Let's let's make it a real example. You talk to a babe, right? And she comes away thinking, um, you are a funny guy, but maybe you were trying to put out that you're a serious person, right? So would you now understand like would 
how would you say you understand her saying you're a funny guy? Do you get? No, I think that's a bit too far. Okay, what's it? Example. What's a closer one? I think maybe a closer one could be maybe if you work in a team and you think you're somebody who likes the details. You don't like like trivial mistakes and you tend to what's very detailed. You pick on the little things in the PowerPoint or the Word documents. You know, you're very attentive to those tiny things mm. because that's just how you are. The external self-awareness here is then to be sure that you are seen by others, that you are only trying to be detailed and not be annoying. Mm. So I guess the self-awareness that is external is then knowing Okay, if I'm asking questions this way all the time, am I blurring the lines between detailed and overly critical or overly annoying? Mm. And then perhaps using that to feed back into yourself because you see yourself as detailed, detail-oriented in this team dynamic, right? But then others can see you in multiple ways with the actions that you used to display detail orientedness. Mm. Yeah. So maybe the external self-awareness in this case, given that other people are a lot more variables with their own personalities, is then having to understand how you're seen by other people with your current intentions. Mm. And the goal can then be to, to make sure they match they match. Okay. All right. So a better way to explain what I said. Okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. And where does that, where, where does that leave us in terms of? So maybe that leaves us in several possible scenarios where people's internal self-awareness and external self-awareness do not match. Mm. And this could be in relationships. This could be at work. This could be with family. This could be with friends. This could be <laughs> your faith <laughs> you know there's several dimensions for us to understand and I think maybe this is where the podcast I mean our next 45 minutes should be heading is what happens when they don't match balancing the mismatch potential mismatch that can exist between internal self-awareness how you see yourself mm. and how others perceive you which is external self-awareness. Yeah. And looking at how mismatches can occur in the different categories. Yeah. Maybe not all five, but at least three, three of them that we can tackle. All right. Let's take it away from the theoretical and make it personal. So for you, for example, like what, what are some examples of situations where there's been that potential mismatch in terms of what you internally have defined for yourself as, you know, XYZ. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the simple one is relationships. Like, that's a simple one. Relationships is a simple one. Mm. Sometimes I'm just thinking, for me, myself, I'm thinking that, okay, maybe I'm somebody who likes a certain level of communication or a certain level of this. But then, you're then thinking, could your demand or your expectation for that level be seen as 
a level of neediness neediness or mm. too much expectation mm. or control <laughs> you know um and oftentimes for pe- people to even feedback to you what they think about you if they can you also go through an equation of their own self-awareness yeah like are they feeling that way because they've also like done xyz <laughs> exactly so that's one example that i can give in relationship sense um Mm. Which, is, how, which is yeah yep yeah, go on no no for, you know go because I was about to ask a very no, I was gonna say which is what kind of makes it hard to be fair because yeah I, I was gonna ask like so how how do you tend to walk through that because maybe I should give my own I personal example <laughs> let me give my own personal maybe a personal example is also um I think it still boils down to communication like maybe um you tr- like for example, when certain things happen and when I feel a certain kind of energy, if depending on my level of commitment to the person, my decision might be to remove myself from the situation and maybe what I'm calling space and distance to process, the person is seeing it as ghosting and lack of communication. Right. And so you think you're being I don't know, a good person by allowing the person to d- process things. In Again, and I'm not speaking about relationships because I think obviously in relationships there should be some level of communication, but in things that are not as deep as relationships, maybe that's maybe another flawed way of looking at some of these things. But for me, in those kinds of situations, my responsibility to such a person is very limited. And so space could be good, but then the person is seeing it as you're actually a trashy person because you sort of like have ghosted in that kind of in that kind of way so that's another i guess mismatch and so if you were to ask me the same question like how to process that i yeah i know and i'll see why you said you don't know <laughs> because yeah and that's just one example another example could be maybe you're in a every like you guys are friends or relationship romantically whatever but there's there's a fight there's an argument hmm. You know, an argument is always one of those things where even till now, I'm, I'm never really sure how to, I, I embrace conflict, of course, <laughs> but I'm never really sure what happens next in most, in some cases, mm. because sometimes even, even level of a conflict, because of your own self-awareness, that you how you see your own emotions and values. A conflict can have to you the gravity of it could mean more in your head. Than it does to the person. Than it mm. does to the person. Yeah. And then they see the conflict as something that, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll figure this out. And then that you, creates its own you, conflict. You can, you can be like, no, this is like a deal breaker. Yeah. Not, it will figure it out then. Yeah. And with your deal breaker mindset you think that yeah i want to act in a kind of rigid no rigid sorry um urgency yeah right because hey this is very important mm. and with that urgency you are having some kind of emotion because yeah like, you know, what's going on etc mm. 
But then if they think that concept or that the conflict topic is yeah it's not a deal breaker they're pushing with a, a bit more chill than you are but then they may be then perceiving you as erratic or perhaps anxious mm. because for them the way you're acting they're seeing it as not matching the topic level urgency level yeah but to you, you you think you've done yourself awareness. You're like, no, I think what I'm doing, what I'm what I'm acting is, I think mm-hmm. the way I'm acting is precise because this is deep for me. Yeah. And then you have that mismatch, right? So I've... clearly, it's a very difficult thing to have to match. A client relationships, perhaps where there's issues or whatever, maybe in every different phases anyway to match. Yeah. The internal so, and the external, perhaps. Yeah. So sorry to sorry to cut in here, but, but as you were talking, one thing I was thinking about was um, because I, I initially was going to say that a lot of these conversations about internal and external self awareness usually gets displayed upfront in that talking stage or that less gets gets in each other phase. But there's almost a bit of I won't say posturing that goes in there, but what you describe in those situations and what you remember to say and define as your feelings and what you're expecting in certain situations. It's sometimes a, like it's a filtered, like you've processed your thoughts and you're trying to say it in a way that when you type it out, the person understands. But it's not necessarily the exact situation that will happen. Maybe it's what you would like to happen in a situation like that. But the, what I'm driving at here is that sometimes when I'm talking to someone that I feel like I'm getting, I'm building some sort of like attraction to and everything is sort of like going particularly when we start to agree on a lot of points and share a lot of sentiments that I can see that there's a lot of alignment. I'm always very curious about what's going to be the first thing that we disagree on if we agree on so many foundational things. Because I, I think about it sometimes about like your, your first fight with someone. For me, a lot of times I'm like, is it possible to see a first fight coming? Because I think there are some situations where you're like, there's already so much mismatch from the start in terms of not just internal and external, but just in the conversations, you guys are clearly a bit different people, but you're willing to make it work. I think the potential for conflict is always very clear there. But in a situation whereby there's a lot of alignment, you know, I don't know how you, th- I don't know, maybe it's just me that's thinking about this and maybe it's away from this conversation of self-awareness, but I'm always thinking about, okay, if we agree on so much, like, why is it that there's still a potential for conflict? And then why does conflict sometimes progress beyond something? Like you said, maybe you see the, oh, you didn't text me today or something as something trivial, but then that person is sort of like thinking about it on a slightly different level and then it begins to become conflicting. But then the conflict now moves away from the original issue and you, like the way you join the conflict is that you're now mad that the person is mad at the thing that they are mad about. Do you get? So it's like there, there's a center. There's a center issue. Like this person is mad about this, and then you're mad about the person being mad about that. But then you're now both yeah. mad. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if that connects to this. But as you were talking, that's what I was thinking about. No, it does because what yeah. it connects to is the point that what I read said about if you focus on sort of why you said something. Mm. And focus on what made you say it. 
Because the what there would then, in this example, yeah, even if I use myself as the example, and the what there would then be okay. Well, we're then going into areas of like I said this because I naturally predisp- I'm naturally predisposed to feeling to wanting attention. I'm naturally predisposed to love language that that meets X Y Z. I'm naturally predisposed to uh my attachment type. Mm, yeah behaviors i'm naturally predisposed to my personality being using words this way so Mm. those things would then be begin maybe begin to explain what is making you feel the way you feel not particularly why you said what you said Mm. but what is driving that way what is driving that which is why if you then go to the external the person also has to in this context of relationship Personal also has yeah. to then maybe understand your own self. So they're aware of your own mm. self. Mm. And then they're aware of their own self. And then they're aware of how a topic or a conflict or whatever it is, how the actions in that um, experience is being seen by you. Mm. Which are three things that had to master at the same time. I mean, you can probably know more about yourself as you grow older because I'll give an example. So whenever, whenever I've had like some kind of friction or anything like that and I've, mm-hmm. I've brought you up, whether it's past or previous um, relationship, so I said past or previous, present or previous relationship, uh, it's one of the things where sometimes you just be like, okay, is this me displaying signs of X, Y, Z here? Mm. But then again, you'd be, you be like, what if I'm not displaying signs? Of, what if I'm actually just... <laughs> An asshole. <laughs> An asshole or, or a... I'm, I'm, what, what if I'm actually genuinely giving but, true, true expression, expressions that are a result of this kind of experience? Like, what mm-hmm. if I'm actually just being real? What if... What if I'm feeling is is legit? Mm. Or what if I'm feeling is just ridiculous? Mm. It's just it's just hard to merge those two sometimes, mm. which is why relationships not always work out. Because if you would say everything starts from communication, it starts from <laughs> compatibility, it starts from all these things. If you're not self-aware by yourself, you get if, if you're not self-aware yeah. in terms of how others perceive you when you do things. And if you're not aware of the other self, that exists, then yeah. these are when these things begin to cause problems. Yeah. You know, what this is making me think about is as much as people like to hate, not hate on, but, you know, there's a personal vibe around, there's a vibe around people that focus on things like frameworks, self-development and all of those things. There's a general consensus of feeling and vibe that people give to people that sort of like focus on that a lot or at least consume a lot of that content but it then starts to matter in places like this because i feel like if you don't have the tools enough to like if you don't know there's actually different apology styles (laughs) like how do you want to have that conversation when somebody said they said sorry and you're like i know you said sorry but i didn't i didn't feel that sorry and then because you lack the tools of even defining what's like the fact that they're actually different apology styles 
you know, you the argument then now moves away from the issue, like I said earlier, and then becomes the fact that the person has an issue with the issue, right? And then you then go, which is why like certain arguments, you hear certain arguments, and I guess this is the thing about blind spots where obviously standing on the outside of it, you can maybe point at certain things and be like, ah, this is why you people are having this conversation and stuff like that. But then when you're inside of it, maybe it's harder to see as always. But I don't know, the point I'm trying to make here is that, you know, as we were talking, it just, it just reminded me about the fact that some of these things are conversations are easier to have when you have the tools necessary to have those conversations. And some of those tools are like these frameworks and things like that. You know, the popular ones usually hit mainstream quite a bit. And then I think by the time they get to the mainstream, they lose a bit of there because everybody's just doing it for, for clicks and shits and giggles. Um, but then maybe there's a place for actually looking for some of these things or just exposing yourself to these things to have it at your hand as a toolbox when these things start to happen. Because, you know, if I'm talking in, if I'm in a relationship with someone now and, um, you know, something happens, right? And they apologize to me and I don't feel like they've apologized. I can now think to myself that, oh, okay, this is probably because this is how they, like some people like words. Some people, it's changed action. Some people, it's a combination of both that really leads to those things. But if you don't even know that, oh, there are different kinds of ways that apologies could come about. And I use this apology example because it's actually a very recent one. I think I was talking to someone and I just thought about it, about how, I think the person asked a question about um, if I like, if I apologize, like if I like to say sorry to people or something, or if I'm always able to like acknowledge wrong and stuff like that. And I then realized that, okay, I can answer it and say this, but I just remember that at some point there was somebody in my life that thought that I didn't like to apologize. Why? Because I never said sorry. Um, which feels like a trivial thing, but I remember having a conversation with that person at that moment and I was like, you know, for me, I don't like when people say sorry to me, I just say sorry because it means nothing. And I don't like typing that to people if I can't follow it up with changed action. So for me, the mistake I then made was I would then focus so much on changing the action that I don't say the words. And so the person in that moment is like, I've communicated what I'm feeling to you. And all you just said is okay. And yeah, like, okay. When, yeah. 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 Anyways, just a yeah, small no, rant. That, that, that's, that's, no, it's not a rant. It's a good point. Because you're going from a place of what you think. Like you've looked in words, you know, you know what you do best in terms of or what you know what you prefer to do mm. to show that you're sorry. You focus on that. But again, the other person or the most people, most other people would want some other action. Mm. But you're focused on what actions you know work for you or you know is also right for them because most people would want to sort of say actions has changed. Mm. But then most people also want other things. Yeah. Right. So it is quite tricky. Um, on the self-awareness thing as well, it's a case of whether you know about yourself internally, hmm. aware of your thinking, aware of your emotion, etc. You can still be wrong because the information you have can be wrong. Hmm. Or how you understand what's happened can be wrong. So your self-awareness does not always mean like what you perceive in yourself is accurate. Hmm. It can also lead to wrong decisions because you can have wrong information because it's possible that for example you think somebody's feeling a certain way mm. because of what you said 
and because of, and because of how they responded. Yeah. And it's made you feel a bit off. So maybe based on that information, you then say, okay, I need to actually make things better. Mm-hmm. And then you're making things better, make things worse because what you've had as information it's is wrong in the first faulty. place. Yeah. So self-awareness is not a destination for everyone to reach, I think, in terms of going through emotional experiences. It's just a way to reflect and calculate, reflect on previous and calculate for the, for the, for the next in terms mm-hmm. of actual experiences. Mm-hmm. But it's not easy because if you're genuinely like introspective and reflective or whatever, I think you can always see your own thoughts and values, but how we are seen by others, the external self-awareness, I think that's probably the hard part because we're talking about relationship here where people, you and people are close. What if you're not close? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if it's just somebody at work? Mm. What if it's Mm. somebody you just pass by every morning in reception? You know, there's Mm. no space for them Mm. to be talking about stuff with you. There's no environment that is open and safe all the time. So Mm. the harder one for me is even knowing how how other people see you. Because, Mm. I mean, only if you want to give people a survey to feel about yourself. (laughs) They might know, but so I can validate. But and so even then, even then, they might say what you want to hear, right? You know. But also, you people can be close to you, and they they will lie Mm. because they can be telling you that, oh yeah, yeah, good, good, good idea. This fantastic, you think I like how you think, but they could be lying. Another key point of this conversation should just be about being too self-aware. Mm. That's probably because I think sometimes that happens to me. I'm too not. I don't say I'm too self-aware as as a good thing, but you attach meaning to too many things. I can second or... guess several things because I'm microanalyzing every every like bits of my thought or action. Sometimes you know. Hmm. Hmm. You know. Reminds me of a quote I saw because it says, like, you cannot, you cannot excavate your thoughts, feelings, and emotions correctly all the time because no matter how hard we try, sometimes we conjure up answers to fit the narrative. Do you get? Does it, what does that mean to you? Say that again. You cannot excavate your thoughts, feelings, and emotions accurately all the time because no matter how you try, sometimes we conjure up answers to fit the narrative. Don't know what that means. I think okay. So for me, when when I when I saw that, I feel like it's that sometimes you're asking why, 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 and you just, you find you land on an answer, but that answer is not really the it's not really the answer per se. It's just an answer that fits the narrative. So somebody asks you like, why did you why did you do X Y Z? In reality, maybe you didn't really think about it and you just did X Y Z. But because the question has been asked about why you did X Y Z. You start to seek for a possible reason why you might have done X, Y, Z. But then when you land on that possible reason, it's possible that, honestly, there really actually wasn't that deep enough of a reason. It just happened, you understand? Or is there always a reason for everything? Maybe that's the question I wish I asked for, um, which is kind of like, 
where self-awareness because i think self-awareness almost comes from the point where it's like there's a reason for there's a reason behind and underlying a lot of things that are occurring and self-awareness is the journey towards finding that but is there a situation where maybe there really isn't that speaking of this over analysis thing or over self-awareness is there points where there really isn't that answer that you're looking for but because you always think you have to find an answer you just associate an answer so it's that you know this thing that we talk about where you see a lot of words and it kind of like makes sense but what are you really saying Mm. you don't agree or you're not processing no no i'm i there's no debate for me to agree or disagree Mm. i'm just trying to figure it's a very complex thing figure out i don't know how, how often i catch that happening perhaps mm. maybe that's why i'm struggling um so so the summary is the yeah, summary well, maybe maybe the summary might help so the summary here is that asking why creates alternative facts yeah, but how does it create alternative facts though if i know what i've already done you know what you've done. You don't know why you've done it, right? So when you try to start associating, okay, when you try to start associating, like reasons for why you've done what, you understand? Like, you might not always be accurate because sometimes there really isn't like a concrete why you get. Or maybe a better way to think about it in my head is that maybe you land on one reason why, but there's no one reason why. It's a combination of tiny things that on their own don't yeah, represent yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So sometimes just in just an explanation. Yeah, exactly. And then you find an explanation when, but that's not truly. It's just after the fact. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you may not always be right. Yeah, because yeah. there's many things beyond what you can even see. Yeah. Which are people good therapy, right? Um. But even that, the people do that to find answers. I I feel like. Not really. People don't do go to therapy to find answers. Because at it's the end one, of... It's one of the reasons people go to therapy, right? It's one of the reasons. Because, <sighs> you know, a lot of times, at the end of the day, if we, if I remember a lot of the movies and scenarios, people paint therapy as, you know, people, most people that eventually try to go, you go because they're trying to fix something. But a lot of the times, you know, they're always kind of a bit disappointed because the person just allows them to do all the talking and... Nobody's really saying why the person is just giving. But to be fair, the, the therapy we see on TV is not real life therapy. Yeah. Um. From 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 what I've learned or what I've read, because I've not I've not been therapy yet. Um. It's not it's not real life therapy. It's quite a stereotypical view of therapy where. You know, dramatize a little bit. Therapists are not always so calm and <laughs> and listen. Some and, some therapists like savant question you and 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 give you like say Love no you are wrong <laughs> you know, some some therapists oh my god and always no therapist no therapist i was like very patient and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some just some give you because some people are obviously terribly wrong yeah yeah off, off doing the things that yeah. are terribly wrong yeah and good therapists call it out we don't just sit there and listen and ask you oh why do you think you're doing this <laughs> or i mean they might they would definitely do that but i just know for a fact what i've read that no therapy on tv is therapy on tv is mostly stereotypical yeah fair fair point while caveat that with no there's no caveat here um 
the I know I use the TV as like a, an anchor, but the point I was making wasn't necessarily based off of just that. Um, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 of yeah, course. Yeah. A lot of psychologists of and people like that write books and usually in those books they use examples of conversations that they have. But one can argue that when they're writing a book, they're also trying to add a bit of no entertainment in there. But I, I think I get the point you're making. Um so So maybe yeah. let me yeah let's wrap up with this. Uh I've found an article that expands on the internal external dichotomy of self-awareness and they kind of explain what we said earlier um mm. about internal or private self-awareness being this uh metacognitive process in which we take an observer's perspective of our own thoughts right mm. and then when we are internally self-aware it's a very private way that's okay. the key part so example they gave is like seeing your face in the mirror at home Mm. An example type of private self-awareness. Um, also observing that you can't stop thinking about something. It's like, so like when you notice that you can't think something about something, mm. that's another example. Uh, maybe it's about feeling as you barely drop when you leave your phone at home. Mm. Right. Or, or, see, or feeling your heart skip when you see somebody you like. That kind of thing. So, yeah. I think that's one that I can say many of us would have experienced. Right? This was written by a lady called Tara Well, by the way. So that's mm. definitely not from my head. Um, and then for the external bit, she says it's public, right? So it comes when we become aware of how we appear to other people. Mm. So, so we then take the perspective of people observing what they're seeing. Mm. All right, so we, so we know that they can see us and then we can start to speculate on what they think and what we think they are seeing. Okay. Right, so as you walk down the road and people look at you, what do you think they are seeing or looking at? Mm. Right. And it usually, comes, it usually comes in situations whereby we are the center of attention. Mm. So that's why I said maybe like when you walk into a, into a gym, yeah. everyone is busy and you walk into the center of the freeways. Maybe, maybe when you're giving a talk, maybe when you're giving public speech, mm. maybe you're just talking to friends, mm. right? And said so that this kind of self-awareness makes people compel social norms, right? Because when, cause when we're aware that we're being watched and evaluated possibly, we probably like to behave in ways that are socially acceptable, mm. right? And of course, as we said already, we need, we need to know both ways of self-awareness to navigate social interactions. Yeah. Because we, because we need to be aware of our thoughts and feelings so, so, that we can, so that we can decide whether or not to share them. And I found this interesting because mm. <laughs> what she's saying there is like, it's not everything you should share. <laughs> and yeah. you know what we always talk about in relationships with somebody romantic, you should be... Folder, you share everything. Be, uh, yeah. Share everything. <laughs> I'm thinking about this lately and I'm glad she said this because I, cause, cause I forgot to mention this it's a case of do you should you decide when or, when or not to share certain things with somebody you're close with mm. and for what reason yeah because she also says that that we also need to be aware of how people perceive us and react to what we are saying so maybe be the sometimes same way. Yeah. if you know that somebody might perceive you in a certain way when something should you share it but if you're not sharing that, are you then being 
unreal and yeah are you being unreal are you hiding stuff are you yeah yeah <laughs> you know what, what's funny is because this exact scenario this exact scenario that you've painted sort of like came up yesterday uh, when i was talking to a friend um and what this person said was i don't want to give too much context because yeah um but anyways but essentially what this person said was sometimes you it's not about saying or not saying but kind of like when you say it um particularly because you've made your assessment on you have all the information and you have all the context and because of all the information and all the context you have you've reached a conclusion but then if you then that's like an equation so a plus b plus c equals to d and one of those parts of the equation is unique to you now if you then take one part of that equation which is either b or c so you describe the situation and whatnot and you try to relay that information to someone else unless you are sure that that constant which is you and unique to you except it's equal to the same constant that that person is using and you have a way to maybe verify that it's close enough it's very mm, possible mm, that the mm. information that you share you will not reach the same conclusions and so that the only the way i thought about it in terms of if we're using this equation example when you should choose to share is when that constant variable that you can't really exchange when you can have another way to verify that those are close enough to each other then you can then share the other variables to then get the answer but if Mm. If that variable, if it's you're not sure of it, is very uncertainty there is quite high. You're almost better off increasing time t in the equation, which is delay <laughs> when you're going to use that information. Um, but mm. this is this this is another one for our Wale and Toby's frameworks <laughs> for for life. So like when you should share when you share information. Um, but yeah, that, that that's how I thought about it, and you know, based on what you just said, that is very interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Definitely one to for me to keep in mind for sure. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, because it does make a lot of sense. Yeah, when I think about it. Because if we're going to move away from the math example, I think the way I think about it is that sometimes maybe your motive for sharing are you sharing because you want the person to reach the same conclusion that you have, or you're just trying to get rid of a feeling of responsibility of holding that information. Um. And that getting rid of responsibility sometimes can be shaped up in, yeah, it's better for the person to know, but sometimes you're just shifting responsibility of of that feeling, right? So now that you've told the person, are you really free from that information in that sense? And this is when it's something that obviously has an impact. But I think in other times, it's just really about selective release of information. But we've said it now and it sounds plain, mm -hmm. but ultimately the person can still think and count that as you lying and withholding information and it might still end up negative so <laughs> so, so at the end of the day it's like <laughs> yeah at the end of the day we're all gonna die <laughs> oh, some morbid some morbid things right there but yeah uh, anyway. I'm sorry I said that. I should not have said that. That's, <laughs> that's quite sad. No, but it's just the reason. That the is reality. quite sad. <laughs> you know what's funny? Yeah, it doesn't fit this context at all. I know, but you know what's funny is because I think I just remembered a a a, a soft John Stevens song like like when you said um, at the end of the day. Yeah, a, a song like that. Yeah, we are gonna die something like that. Ah, uh, that's okay. Anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
fair points, fair points. But remember, I think I did it like two episodes ago where we said something. And I was like, that's the reason we should have ambition or something. And you were like, <laughs> now somebody who has listened to both episodes now be like, okay, what's going on with Wally and Toby? We're fine, I think. Um, but anyways, that's this episode. Um, it started off a bit interesting and we like, this is one of the ones where you're listening back to it and we might have to move a few things around because I feel like there are some tangents that maybe don't really contribute to the narrative. But I, yeah, I think we did, as always, manage to draw some key things out of this. What will be very interesting, like I always say, is to see what movie we choose or end up on to pursue this. I have no idea. Yeah. But I think we've also been very loose with um, how strict we pick a movie, so that should help in this aspect. But we'll see what our third co-host, ChatGPT, has to say about movies about self-awareness. I feel like it will be too varied, to be fair, because there's so many categories you can approach it from. Um, Anyways, guys, um, that's your episode for today. You shall be listening to this. Well, it's going to get released on the 29th, which is a bank holiday, I guess. So let's see if it fits into your commute or stuff. If you're based in the UK, that is. But no, I think it's also... No, Children's Day never really affects adults. But then in Nigeria, it's Democracy Day, which I thought they moved to June 12th. But I guess they still kept a part of it on 29th. And then 12th is just some other day. Anyways, Charlie exits yes guys thanks for staying with us for season nine um we announced the winners of uh yeah yellow peel junkies campaign next week next episode when we conclude mm. i forget to be remind me and we shall uh share the vouchers with them via email yep of course and uh of course we've got one more episode to go and season 10 some new stuff coming 100 for sure because um so when I get together next month in person and work on some strategic topics, I'm getting our podcast forward and ahead. And yeah. we hope you guys would uh, love that. Um, but yeah, have a great week. Hope you're having a great day if you're listening on a Friday or midweek, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll catch you guys soon. Adios. 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 And now a personal note to you, our listeners, to you listening right now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the LOPO podcast. Now we know that in our culture of 30 second content and quick sound bites, it makes it really hard to pay attention to longer form discussions. So regardless of what brought you here, we are grateful for your time. Do give us a five star rating and review if you like this episode. Also be sure to continue the conversation with your friends, your family, and your colleagues. Another way to support us is by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. We release new episodes every Monday, but don't forget to follow us at the Yellow Peel Pod on Instagram and at Yellow Peel underscore pod on Twitter to stay in touch with us during the week. Once again, folks, thank you for taking Yellow Peel with us today. I'm your co-host, Wally, as always, and right next to me is Toby, and we both wish you the very best in the coming weeks. Till next time, peace and love, people. Peace and love.